You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Yeah, gather round and listen to the skull as she tells you a little story about the Northmen she knew. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great to be a Gimini. <laughs> was that was that how they talked in this movie? That is, it really does make Vikings seem a lot less intimidating when they're like, yeah, we got to go do this thing. Uh, we're going to uh, kill a couple of monks. I will you know. kill you, my uncle. And, and then we're going to sell you all Volvos. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll take it and we'll sell them modular furniture. <laughs> I am a wolf. See, yes. now, so you could do the Swede jokes. I can't, take though. Him. Oh, I see how this take is. Take a all giant right. Allen wrench and stab in his head. Well, I mean, if it's an Ikea joke, this is the weirdest movie called Meatballs I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, aren't these the Dutch? Don't you hate the Dutch? Or is that different? I don't even know. I can't. They are not Dutch. The Dutch the, and carnies. The whole part, that whole part of the world, I'm just like, I don't know. Stuff happens over there. It all bleeds over. It's <laughs> the same. It's all the same they're shit. They're actually man. more slobs. It, was feels, than, than... it feels like they have their shit together. Let's not worry about it. I thought it was really weird <laughs> that this movie was set in present day. I mean, I guess that's what goes on there. <laughs> we are talking about The Northman, the new movie by Robert Eggers, who is like, oh, Jesus Christ, hit the ground running. No, you hit the nail on the head. He is Jesus Christ. Okay. That's to A24's how, budget, yes, yes he, he is. is. You know how he feels about Jesus Robert Christ. Eggers now, but hit the ground running with this film, The Witch, with you know, who also made a star out of Anya Taylor-Joy in that film, yes. big, who returns for this one. Yeah. Uh, and then he made The Lighthouse, which was, to me... Just one of the best movies of the year. Uh, best romance of movies of all time. Yeah, it, it just so dark and you like the lobster, don't you? Uh, I loved it so much, and I thought it was one of the scariest films of the year. And people were like, really scary? I'm like, it's not that it's a horror scary. It's just an overall tone scary. Well, if you you want to make it scary, just drink a pint of kerosene like I did before we went in. <laughs> it's essentially Elder God scary. Where it's like you're all going insane. Good luck. But now he's getting some of the big names attached. I mean, you do two big movies in a row that are that critically acclaimed. Some bigger names are going to go like, uh, maybe we should work with this guy. And like, so what do you want to do? You want to do a Marvel film or something? He's like, nah, I just want to kill, kick back and kill a bunch of people with broadswords, like Conan style, but you know, for Odin. The bigger names like Bjork. <laughs> okay. Like Nicole Kidman and Anya Taylor-Joy returning now that she's a huge star and Ethan Hawke and William Dafoe returning again to work mm, yeah. with him. You know, I mean... It's a it's a interesting as hell cast that he's got here, and people I can only assume we're going to see return again for more Eggers films in the future because I strongly suspect the Northman is not going to be a bomb. <laughs> no, no, no. no. This, this guy, uh, yeah, as far as the other cast goes, he really is uh, kind of uh, keeping it ethnic because there there are more Norwegians in this than a fucking Siemens commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Most notably, Alexander Skarsgård uh, as Amleth, the lead character in here, who, first off, let me just say, like, he's always been kind of, like, cut. 
But <laughs> kinda. Jesus fucking Christ, When he was dude. sitting back at one point or just like standing around, I was like, I don't know if like necks are supposed to do that. I, I've yeah, never like, seen a guy, like literally I lean over to Chris because there's two points he swims in this movie. I'm like, this is the best Aquaman I've ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> like you know he's not going to be in a Fast and the Furious film now because Vin Diesel will be like, my dick feels small. Vin <laughs> <laughs> Diesel be like, this doesn't make any sense. He's not a part of the family. <laughs> like that, that can't happen. But yeah, he is my lead character here. Yeah. And so before I can, um, uh, you know, go into the plot here and then ultimately have Bo take over, I'm just going to let Bo take over. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. He's Prince Amleth. Not Hamlet at all. Uh, I know. I went, be, wait, what did they that say? Would be, that would be Danish. Uh, and there's nothing rotten in Denmark in this movie other than uh, we start out with the uh, Prince Amleth's father. And Prince Amleth at this point is a very young, young boy. Uh, and his father, played by uh, Ethan Hawke, is the King Orvandil of their, you know, kind of little kingdom off in the, the corner of the North Atlantic in Norway. Uh, or what will become Norway. His king father is returning uh, from raids, one assumes, with a, a fresh lot of slaves and a bunch of Viking booty. Uh, Literally to, and figuratively. Yes. Uh, to... Uh, uh, be welcomed by the, the royal court, which includes his wife, Queen Gudrun, who's played by uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, and his brother, Fjolnir, who is played by Klaus Bang, or Klaus, Klaus Bang, however he pronounced it. It's definitely Bang. The most yeah, British it's, it's, guy in this movie, Klaus Bang. Yeah, it is almost certainly Bang. Um, <laughs> then we are we are treated to a scene of uh, pure Viking hallucinogenic experimentation as uh, King Orvindil takes his son uh, into this chamber below their their local temple and kind of introduces him into the rites of Odin. Uh, and manhood and manhood literally a scene that is yes. basically Edgar's going I love Willem Dafoe I just need him in my movie for yep. anything I just want him to talk and just like just do, just your, do your thing yeah. just do that he really needs some new gifts he didn't have a script he literally that was just <laughs> Willem Dafoe going on yeah he he leaned into the fact that Willem Dafoe is really good at being weird and then he was like hey it, and Ethan Hawke, who is also really weird, was like, hey, guys, just get into that chamber, pretend you're initiating your son into manhood, and go nuts. And uh, they do that, and they're helped with a lot of uh, very good special effects uh, as uh, they kind of go on, a, on a, a journey to literally find out about the family family's roots. Um, and then they return to their, their kingdom, and oh, no, treachery ensues. All right, so I don't want to get too much into all yeah. the details here, but like the tr said treachery happens. Ki Flash forward. Dad, dad dies, is murdered. He kid gets away, although they think he did not get away. Right. Flash to many years later. Kid is <laughs> years on, later. Uh, apparently, uh, Alexander Skarsgård has been on Conan's wheel of pain yes. because he is yoked as fuck. Yeah. The, the kid is the goddamn like wolf pelt Hulk going yeah. on. And here. He's <laughs> literally kind of uh, hanging out with a troop of actual berserkers yeah. who pretend they're wolves. No, he's in the Norse uh, gig economy. He just signs <laughs> up. He's like, yeah, we're going to take out some villages. Yeah, uh, like, Literally, yeah. literally, his whole history is like, just one guy at one point goes, 
glad we found you because you're crazy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does seem like obviously a lot of other movies that are out there and like different stories and you, you get it. And you, I'm glad that they didn't have to like build up his character and not just like, well, why is he so big? I was like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. You've, yeah. you've seen this before. He, he went through it. Like, he, yeah. like they say, I found you as a kid. I could see in your eyes there was something about you. And Jesus Christ, you scare the fuck out of me. You're so, did you see <laughs> you know? your neck? There's something there's wrong with your neck. Like, you, like there's, you don't even have a neck anymore. It, it's just It just goes shoulder cords. to head. But yeah. see, the point is we're burying the lead because literally the next part of that scene is like... The next part of that scene? <laughs> a kicking you of your own fucking house. Oh Jesus God. Christ. Is The uh, next scene yeah. is literally like... Oh, and then also mysticism is fucking real and fucking insane. Yeah. And well, they, they kind of established that with the, the drug, but they were like, I mean, maybe it's drugs. Who I was going to say, the next scene is like, there's no reason nope. other than he's fucking crazy or magic is real yeah. and it's brilliant, uh, actually. That's a, one of my favorite things about this film yes. is that it never really completely puts its... It shit down and goes, this is really a myth you're living through with gods and legends yeah. because the dude might just be fucking crazy. But it's, it's just, it's all about his faith. But it's his all about everyone's thing, faith and what faith. they think the myth and is. He's like, he's like, he go finally goes, all right, it is. I found my opportunity to go back and get vengeance mm -hmm. by <laughs> pretending to be a slave and, uh, and going on the ship that's being sent back as he finds out where he is now, where, where, where the guy he wants to get revenge on who killed his dad, this guy, I'm going to go back and be a slave along on that passage. He meets Anya Taylor joy, which for any Olga. of us would be oh, a life changing oh, experience. Oh my God. And also let's just be clear. The visual he has is like the most trippy. And it's supposed to be the ruse. Is that, uh, Bo, do you remember the history of anyone here? So they're they're basically in the they're in the Rus, which will eventually go on to become Russia, which Thank was you. actually populated by Vikings. Um, the and they're Rus, they're taking the Rus is on fire. Oh god! <laughs> and they're 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 taking slaves, uh, which they're actual Slavs, where we get the name yeah. slaves from. Don't call them Slavs. And the witch he sees is supposed to be a Slavic witch. That's like his vision, and it's like okay, that's even surprising for me. But then. I gotta say, him getting ready to be pretending to be a slave is like the most like Jason Bourne getting ready for a fight thing. He's just like, I'm doing this. I know what I'm doing. Time to sneak in. Him going in there and going, okay, I guess you're a slave. And no one going, it's kind of weird, right? That like we literally killed all the rest of the men in this town. And this is just women coming over as slaves. <laughs> yeah, and that, but yeah, that one you'll that look at him. This is one Arnold Schwarzenegger-sized dude. And I mean, like, he's getting there, Arnold Schwarzenegger-sized. Where you're like, why are you here? You would think someone would say, well, how did you... Are you... I, I felt like they were going to do a scene where he's going to pretend to be an idiot or something. Like, I mean, he kind of does. Yeah, I thought that was, he was going to play like Dom the entire. And I guess it, like when he becomes a slave and he gets to the the land, he's just like he'll just do whatever he says like, and come. Uh, and he like pulls. But you know what over. I mean? Like mentally damaged to yeah. excuse that. Like, wait, why did why did they? He'll, he'll this guy play the here? fool. But you know, he slowly ingratiates himself into this family because it's all ultimately about revenge. And it's not as simple as like I'm going to go there. I mean, he could have just gone there and killed them all because Jesus fucking Christ, I, he's huge and a. Security is fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah security I, is terrible. I honestly thought that at one point, I was like, well, why didn't, Why doesn't he just kill them all? Because like, he <laughs> believes in myth and legend, which yeah, yeah, gave yeah. him very specific... Goddamn faith! Very specific rules as to how this has to work. Bunch well, of bullshit, he, if you ask me. Which includes finding a magic weapon, which he does indeed, you know, 
question mark Such too. good scenes, you know? though. Oh he does God. pretty much state that he wants to make his vengeance a nightmare for for fuel. He does, here. yes. He calls and it also, the nightmare. Yeah. He wants. He does want to rescue his his mother, who is still there with Yolner, his his ostensible wife. Uh, and when he was rowing rowing off away from you know when when he was a little kid, he's like, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. As he you know rows, yeah. he's like, kill this motherfucker. His mantra, rescue yeah. my mom. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, just, just decimate everybody. And I I think that it wants that. I want you to consider both things, much like it does yeah. with the mythos versus. Or is he just stuck in his faith? You know, I think there's a lot of that going on in this film of like, yeah. which is it? There's a lot of which Shakespearean is undercurrent to this as well. I think that you will agree. Oh, absolutely. I what, don't a think little? it's a coincidence at all that, that he's named Amla. And, you know, you have to also take into account that, that you also have to take into account that. Shakespeare stole most of his great stuff from very old stories. Right. And so there's there's a lot of give and take here, but he was definitely aware, at least to a, a certain well, extent, of, of you know this kind of mythology, and it, it's it's like a rubros, the snake that surrounds the world and eats itself. And we are burying the lead a little bit about one of the other great, amazing things in this movie because we're really hung up on narrative and characters. The visuals are goddamn amazing. Oh, the cinematography here is. It's I mean, next level, like at least in his career. It's just and, next level, yeah. And just the, I, I didn't it, think about like this. like the gothic, brutal Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's all, like, he's very into symmetry. It's Norse like, cottage. Like, Are you but, saying it's Norse cottage core? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. It, if, you, if you like the, the way the, the lighthouse and the witch are shot, like very symmetrical in the way that he does things, and then also brutal action. I was like, I didn't know that motherfucker could do action too. Like, this is amazing. I've never looking. seen someone make Iceland look somehow more beautiful than I already thought it was. And then also he has like these scenes where your brain goes, are you doing this black and white intentionally? Or is that just what winter looks like in Scandinavia? I don't know. Uh, but I have to interrupt real quick. I forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Chris and joining me is... I'm Ben. I'm right. I'm Bo. It's and I'm not hurry. right. No, you're not. You're or left, you might actually. Be. Are you? It's Sometimes I'm right. I will probably be right for about 50% of the time. <laughs> Bo, you may be right. You may be crazy. In the context of uh, this film, you could be both. That's true. You could be just, right and wrong. It might just be a lunatic we're looking yeah, for. How do you want to frame this movie in your it's, little theatrical uh, cinematic geek lens? I, it's I think, your choice. I think that's the thing. This is so stunningly beautiful mm -hmm. throughout the entirety of it. Even points where it's... You know, not a lot's really going on. It's just nonstop beautiful. The score is like, oh my god! Like I'm gonna buy it. Score. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, holy shit! I'm gonna get that shit on LP. Yes, baby. once Mondo puts that on vinyl, it's like uh, day one. Please, pound dude. They were just beautiful. playing Led Zeppelin four. What are you talking about, <laughs> man? When at the it's very just, towards I mean, the yeah. end, when they have the Viking, like, oh, it was like, oh fuck yeah! I, I'm it, gonna, it's let's just get, let's get going. Your chest. And it's another film. This is the second film this year. I say. Uh, after everything, every, uh, everywhere, all at once. If you don't see this in the theater, and you think this might be your type of film, you're gonna curse yourself later for not seeing this. It film. is That's one right. of the most cinematic experiences I've felt. And honestly, like I, I honestly, every time there is any point of like a mythological or magical experience that you don't know if it is or not because of the wonderful writing and the creativity of this movie, those scenes are the best. There's a, the fight scene against his magical sword has a moment after it. Like the second after he has his fight where you just go, wait, I don't know what I believe in this moment anymore. And it's and it's done yeah. in a way that's like, again, talking about the lighthouse being messing with your head earlier, it's like, 
this movie does that in its own way that I think literally he had to make this transition in his career from there to here. I like that he that. took all his horror background and really went, okay, this isn't a horror film, no. but I'm using all of that because this yeah. is insanely gory film, no oh, question yeah. about it. it, and dark and fucked up, but you never feel like you're watching a horror film. You always feel like you're watching an epic mythos film. I feel like... Yes, which is... And epic mythos are filled with horror. Yeah, are filled with horror. But, like, it's like... So is the Bible. It's like, <laughs> a, you know, aspects of Conan and John Borman's Excalibur and things like that, but, but more than anything... Just Robert Eggers. I will. Admi- yeah. I will admit there were several times during this movie that I was just like, "Give this man the Conan franchise immediately." <laughs> well, the, the one thing that you see like a common thread throughout his movies now, at least I, I, you kind of articulated a little bit that um, it's it's about characters who are kind of uh, like have a, a conflict of their fate or like their reality of like what they thought the reality is supposed to be. And it's the same thing, like, with The Witch. She thought it was, like, it was supposed to be a natural thing, and then she's obviously a witch. And then with The Lighthouse, he thought he was just wanted to be a wiki just to get that fuck out of there. Right. Yeah. And then with this, it's like, he now he's questioning his own fate. And I was like, that's a really interesting idea that he's continuing that. And it's almost a better explanation of how these mythos and myths existed back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's them living it so much in their own head and how weird their world was to them. And it's both, it explains that experience, but also leads a lot to that, like, there's such great visuals. There's a moment where he's getting the shit beat out of him, mm-hmm. and there's literally a one-eye Odin like visual to him. Can, can I say they also don't beat you over the head with making that choice as a viewer no. either? No. Mm-hmm. You, like I've seen thing, things like this where they're like, oh, what are you going to pick? And this one is like, you know, ultimately you're watching a myth and legend film. You know, I mean, there's one scene in particular in here that I went, okay, that's the moment where I go, I think that... He's going for, he wants the audience ultimately to feel it's myth and legend that has to do with crows releasing him from bondage. Yeah. Yes. Where I was like, okay, that, like, there's, I can't, I'm trying to imagine another way that could have happened and I can't. Right. Well, uh, well, well, there is another way, but I won't spoil it for our viewers. It's, there's another character who could have done that and that's his visual in his head. Okay, maybe, but that's I the feel best, like that's, that's the best I've got. But, than, but what's so cool is that he's also trying to get the audience to believe in his fate, which I thought was very powerful. I thought the, the they really made that eight-legged horse look really realistic. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean... fucking awesome. I mean, I, I will say it goes with, like, you know, there's a point where he kills two people, like, his first kills, and it is one of those, like, the pagans did this thing, and it's like what the Norsemen... What they everybody said, you know, Vikings did the people, the way they splayed them out for Odin or things like that. It's like, no, it's a very symbolic way he kills these people, and it still fucks with other Vikings going, who the fuck would do this? This can't be humans, right? This there's, is fucked up. There's an interesting aspect of this film I really like that starts happening towards the end of the second act where they you start questioning, maybe, maybe this guy isn't as bad as you thought he was. Right. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like, he yes, was the one who well- was... Extremely well done. Like there is a good reason of why this was done, and yeah, and he was misled. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because this guy is on an epic journey in his own head that he's going to take to its natural conclusion, or is he? Well, because he's in love with this girl who is in love with him, and they neither one of them expects that. He says, "I didn't expect fate." to interfere and have this happen. What does this mean? I think the way that he takes that final part of his journey too is so good for the character though, where he's like, where he basically says like, 
fate gave me two options and I'm choosing both. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's so good where it's like, honestly, it's that bit of like the hero's journey where like the hero chooses his adventure, but it also has reason and basis in everything else we've heard in the story. And I'm like, honestly, I can't say I don't love every choice you're making right now because it makes so good sense for what you built for us. Well, let's go to final thoughts. Right. Want to get us started? Oh my gosh. I uh, absolutely loved this movie because it, I, I thought it would be with it being almost two and a half hours. <clears throat> I thought there were going to be moments when um, it was going to kind of move at a snail's pace because they're just like you know explain things or just like sitting around looking at the scenery. Nope. Uh, Instead, <laughs> they just give you a dose of mushrooms and get you in there. Jesus Christ! Like it moves at a breakneck pace, and like it's so interesting how uh, like a, a movie like this where <clears throat> it's trying to it's obviously taking this kind of like action adventure epic extremely seriously and it's not wasting any time at all and everyone in it is fantastic uh anya taylor joy is wonderful as always and uh she's a goddess she's a goddess and i can't say more words yeah it's not even about finding her sexually attractive or anything she's just like an alien from another planet who came down to gift us with her skills. She's so She's really good at chess. (laughs) She is. She is. Uh, And, and, and Alexander Skarsgård, I mean, God damn, like it's funny to me that um, he is that good of an actor that he can also do action effortlessly. And uh, anyway, I, I loved it. Um, God damn it. I, I do it. Do it right. I'm going to get it 10 out of 10. (laughs) There's a lot of. Oh, my God. Show me your war face. (laughs) What I really am coming away from this is there are a lot of movies out there that use myths of various cultures uh, as the basis for the story they're going to tell. And the vast majority of them turn out to be real goofy. And this doesn't have a shred of this. This is one of the most, I mean, it's like, you know, watching uh, Branagh's, uh, you know, either Branagh's or Olivier's uh, Henry V and going like, oh, wow, somebody finally got Shakespeare right Right. on, on, on screen. And this is, he's just laying it down here. It's a really amazing Norse epic in every sense of the word and yet it is still mature enough to let us take pause and go like oh well this isn't actual Odin talking or maybe it is I don't fucking know you have to kind of choose what you want to digest and he gives you the space to do that which Mm -hmm. is very hard for a director to do I think he did it wonderfully yes it's absolutely beautiful it has the elements that have brought people to Eggers over and over again because he's very good at them uh, Chris already highlighted that he's he's bringing everything that he has done in the past to bear on this and it really fucking shows amazing cast uh, and the, the fact that he's worked with some of them before shows a lot that he's really uh, able to, to utilize uh, them and uh, you know have this core of actors that can really get his vision up on screen and they succeed eminently. It's it's really really amazing. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of an embarrassment of wealth lately because uh, I've I've seen a couple of good movies in a row and uh, yeah this this coming right out of the gate so early in the year I'm I'm really really happy with this film. I am going to give it. 
Here we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Nine and a half. What? Oh, come on. Nine. Nine. Nine and a half episodes of Heckle and Jekyll, those crazy crows that get up to wacky hijinks. Boo. Ben? The best thing that I think all of us have said is the way I've got to paraphrase this is it is literally Shakespeare meets swords and sandals. Like, that is where this movie thrives, being both really Shakespearean and just the most fucking brutal violence you will ever see. Like, it's so good at that. There's a point where literally I heard all of our crew just downright giggling at like the final like brutality as he's tearing through the last bit of henchmen pretty much at the village. And it's great. Where just every scene is more and more violent. Where he kills the guy <laughs> that he basically maimed as a child slowly and painfully. And you know it's coming the whole movie and you're just waiting for that moment. I was worried they killed him early and we missed it. I was like... Did he die? Oh, no, 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 we get this moment. I love you for it. Like, that's that's where this movie thrives. My biggest complaints, where Bo had an issue maybe explaining some of his complaints with this movie, is I feel like a little bit of the scenes in between the childhood of our main character and when he gets to starting his revenge plot, not all of them flowed as smoothly or as fluidly as I hoped. The rest of the movie is brilliant, and I think some of the stuff, like the witch in that scene, all that is great. I just... For some reason, it felt like it was almost narratively fluffy for me. And also, hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy is a big part of this movie, like, length of their screen time-wise. I feel like they're not utilized nearly enough as much as they could. When they sh- when they get the chance, God, they're so good, like always. I love Anya Taylor-Joy, especially in this movie. But I almost feel like, look, I get why we don't get a lot of Ethan Hawke. I get why we do not get a lot of Willem Dafoe. There's a reason their characters have a timeline in this movie that ends. Andre Taylor Joyce, like, look, there's some of these scenes where she's just filler to kind of ask, her, so what are we, what are we gonna do next? And she's like, and he's like, wait, wait for me. And that's all she gets to do in that scene. I'm like, it's Andre Taylor Joy. What are you doing with well, her? Yeah, but she gets to do it. Never mind. Sorry. Go she on. does. No, she does. She gets when she gets her scenes and she gets her chance to do things. It's everything I want for that character and for her as an actress. But still, because of some of those things, I'm gonna give it nine point five out of ten. Period slaps. I'm just going to answer him and say, like, I think that there is no way you could make this film and do more already than they did with Anya Taylor-Joy and the feminine element than they actually did here. Also, I just want to address right off, this is, I'm sorry that this is a film with no people of color. We want more people of color, but there were well, no the, people of color hey, there, there. There was that one guy so, who, well, no, no, that's no, not, no. It just wasn't like historically accurate. I don't yeah, know what to tell they're, you. They're so. literally, they're, they're in Norway, they're in, in ancient Russia, and they're in uh, Iceland. Yeah. It's, uh, it's white as far. Let's not. Sit on the ground. I, I just, I worry about people like trying to come at this in a way that like, well, I don't understand why they don't stop. I've seen Alexander right? Skarsgård. Like, this is like this. set in 856 AD in Norway it's they're just like there's a point you go like stop this is a very period piece thing very specific I think what they did do with the feminine characters who do do the female characters get a lot to do in here yeah but it's not really about them they add more than they needed to even Mm. for it what they made was a Conan movie this is a Conan movie crossed with Neil Gaiman's North Norse uh, mythology a- adaptation book, where he was like, "Here's Norse mythology for people who do- who can't don't want to read the more complicated versions of it." You know, it is that. It's a great mythos. 
it is a myth film. It's bigger than life. And I want to watch this as a myth film. Mm -hmm. You can choose to watch this as a guy who's so into his faith that, Mm -hmm. that like he kind of believes these things are happening in his head, but you kind of have to stretch to get there. It's just easier to go. This is a myth and legend film. This guy has a specific path to go on. Everything goes the way. I mean, it's, it, there's a point as a skeptic that you go, it's more weird to go make excuses that it's not myth and legend at a certain point in the story than it is to do. So fuck it. Go with it. There's like ravens everywhere. <laughs> Everything ends exactly how it he, should end. He, he's known from the beginning it was going to end, like yeah. down to little tiny details and not ways that you could have set up to happen. It's amazing it is a massive work of art i constantly was looking at the screen with my jaw on the floor going this is so beautiful so so beautiful i mean it doesn't hurt they're filming in iceland and it's just already just startlingly gorgeous in a way that new zealand was for peter jackson Mm -hmm. but in a totally different way Mm -hmm. he uses that in the same way though like we'll use the surroundings to give this feeling of like this is unearthly Man, the performances are good. Holy shit. Across the board, everyone is great in this. Even Bjork, who I didn't realize was Bjork. That's how good she was. Bjork. Bjork. That's how good she was. Yeah, yeah. Pronounced Bjork. (laughs) Bjork. I am going to ultimately say this is one of the best films of the year. It is in competition right now with my current favorite, Everything Everywhere All at Once. They couldn't be more different films. But well, there's is... that one scene in Everything Everywhere All at Once when she was not doing that. We're not doing no. that. There was, there was, nope. there was that. We already reviewed that film. Nobody was a Viking. Twice. Fuck right off. I'm <laughs> going to give this 10 out of 10 Dutch people that piss off the. <laughs> 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 At the fucking Dutch. The fucking Dutch. 